can't thumb two seconds in Facebook without reading about someone being a corrupt politician. Right. So, and then for escapism, you watch shows on Netflix about corrupt politicians. Today on From A to Ziggy, Candidate. Welcome to From A to Ziggy. This is the podcast in which we listen to every single David Bowie song in alphabetical order from A to Ziggy, just like the name of the show. My name is Thomas. And my name is Travis. And today we're discussing Candidate. Yes. From, from Diamond, Diamond Dogs. Dogs. The uh, 1974 album. So, appropriately enough, not unlike any time where there's a voting situation, and we happen to be recording this in an election year, so it's so appropriate, this is actually a tale of two very different candidates. We have this candidate and then another candidate that we're going to talk about. And this episode is going to be devoted solely to the one, the version from, that was released originally on the Diamond Dogs LP in 1974. Just, now, what do you think of the song? You know what? I was picturing a lot of, like, when I, especially the first half. So, like, it starts off very, like, dark and foreboding, and then it kind of builds and builds and builds. Yeah. But in the early going, we somehow, you know, make you a deal. Let's... Pretend like we're just walking home. Like, you ever watch House of Cards? I haven't seen it. So it really reminded me of like the like shady, shady, shady doings of Frank Underwood, the main character on, on House of Cards, where he's like this political figure and he's just corruption cranked up to 11, totally crazy uh, character. And it kind of reminded me of that just like doing these like back alley deals and, you know, let's meet at my bar where we can get some things done. Hmm. And... And this is the this is this is the only like remotely current thing I'm gonna say is that there's one line in the song that did remind me of a candidate that I will not even name because I want to keep this as neutral as possible. When <laughs> somebody was like, "I got the best sets," and they <laughs> they, they even they smell like earth or or it, it, they my set is amazing and even smells like a street. It even smells like a street. Yes. Like, that made me chuckle. It's like you're like I got lots of sets. Yeah, I got, I got the greatest sets. <laughs> So, once again, David Bowie predicting the future. I've got binders full of sets. <laughs> binders just full of sets. Yeah, yeah. So this is a, this is a song about just the, the seedy and dark and corrupt nature of politicians, I guess, altogether. Yeah. And you're right. You mentioned the, the buildup. It's a, just this constant crescendo from, from beginning to end. And of course, it's set between two other songs, or the two halves of another song, Sweet Thing, which it just sort of segues directly from. And what it does is the structure of this song is such that it's basically taking the chorus of Sweet Thing and repeating it a whole bunch of times. It's like each line is the same descending chord progression, and, it's, and it just repeats over and over again. And then, it, and then of course, at the end of that, uh, the second half of Sweet Thing comes in, and it sort of brings the more complex structure of that back in. So this is sort of like focusing on that one, that one aspect. It's like a kind of a manic kind of focus on just the exciting part from Sweet Thing, just the hook. Yeah. So just take the hook and explode it, make it, or like exaggerate it, make it bigger. And that's what, and then and you get Candidate. And yeah, it just get and it just grows more and more manic and desperate as it goes along. Yeah, right. It starts out. He starts out sort of calm. Yeah. And along with the music, everything is a little bit more calm, and his voice is more calm, and he he gets more excited as he goes along, and like you say, more desperate. He's 
sort of losing that facade. Yeah. Again, not unlike House of Cards. It's like this is like House of Cards the song. Where like, yeah, it starts off with him trying to do something shady and then things just keep snowballing. So yeah, it starts out uh, we'll pretend we're walking home because your future's at stake. And then instead of walking home on a real street, it's like they're on a set. Or I guess if he's the if he's a politician, if he's a person in power, the whole city or the whole nation or, or whatever is his set. It's like he kind of owns and runs this whole thing. And it, it all looks real because it is real, but he's sort of in charge of it all. Yeah. Kind of like that movie, uh, Synecdoche, New York, where uh, he tries to rebuild his life. So he takes real life and puts it on stage, but uh, he has to reconstruct uh, all of the city into the... Have you seen this movie? No. All right, so it's a weird Charlie Kaufman movie where it's a playwright and he's making a play about his life and he wants it to be super detailed and, and cover every aspect of his life. So he has to make this gigantic set to stage it. But when he gets to the part where there's, where he puts on, where he makes this play, he has to have the actors pretending to hire actors for the stage and pretending to build a set to fit the stage on. And so they have to build an even bigger set to put the <laughs> stage on, to stage the staging. And then, and, and so on and so on, it just sort of gets bigger. So it's, so anyway, he's, it's kind of, it's like that, in that he's calling his domain, his realm, his set. And look how real it looks. And he's, he's like boasting about how, uh, how his falsity uh, makes things true. That's the really, that's, I'm not being very articulate about this. No, I, I, I'm picking it up what you're putting down though. Oh yeah. Um, and and it, it is still, it, and it's fitting with, so the theme of the album was based around 1984. Right. And yeah, it, it does kind of sum up that ideal too of like the real world is not the real world. Yeah. Everything's sort of covered up by the government. Yeah. Uh, re- revisionist history, all this stuff. And, and yeah, they, they stop in at a bar, I guess. And there's really violent stuff written on the walls and. Uh, gossip and CD stuff, and that's the point at which uh, Bowie's voice sort of goes into a different register. At the part where yeah. where some make you sing and some make you scream, he starts to sort of scream. Uh, something yeah. interesting at that point too: uh, the the drums sort of change. And uh, up until this point, the drummer Tony Newman had been asked to play as a character. This is sort of predating Brian Eno's. Uh, oblique strategy cards, but Bowie asked uh, the drummer to play in the character of a young French military drummer watching his first guillotining, and so that was the scenario. So this sort of violent but socially accepted practice, the, the uh, execution, the public execution, and this sort of militant uh, martial drumming up to that point. It's, it's representative of something, I feel like it's. I feel like it's trying to say something. Yeah. Well, what do you think? I, I kind of look at it through the prism of having already known, like, oh, it's a concept album, album about 1984. So you do kind of like it sounds. It just does sound like this very dark, very monitored, real life, but not real life. Yeah. Atmosphere full of just awful people who are trying to make it seem like they're doing what's best for you, but they're just doing what's best for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 
it's it's yeah it's just a very it's a dark song and it's it just it's an interesting song to listen to in these in these times and ages uh so there's there's a lot of sexual imagery in this song too. yeah i think i read i read somewhere that it's meant to uh the fact that this song was put in between sweet thing uh which is a song about people uh pursuing illicit liaisons um comparing politicians to prostitutes I don't know where anyone will get that kind of crazy, ludicrous idea. Yeah, it's, it's sort of a parallel there. I mean, yeah. He repeats the line, if you want it, boys, get it here, which is the hook from Sweet Thing. And there's just a lot of, the at, near the end of the song here, everything becomes more scattered and more uh, manic until it becomes, until it's, it's finally buying drugs, watching a band play, and then they jump in the river. It's unclear what's supposed to happen after that. Are they? Is this like a murder-suicide or suicide pact kind of thing? Or are they just jumping in for fun? Are they planning on coming out of the river? I always assumed that it was sort of a double suicide thing. That's just how I read it. Yeah, I mean, I first read it as just doing some drugs, watching a band, and jumping in the river. Um, for a swim. For a swim, just for, just for funsies. But in the context, it does kind of feel like escaping this terrible dystopia by just going and doing a bunch of drugs, watching a, you know, doing something fun one last time, then just jumping in the river and getting away from it. Yeah, like in 1984, it's the, uh, well, so the protagonist in 1984 finally sort of gives in, buys into the whole system. They finally live in this fake uh, utopia. Maybe it's sort of like that. They sort of are jumping in the river, holding hands. They're condemned to this miserable life and this awful... So you're, you're picturing it as more of like a mental suicide. Yeah, maybe it's, it's, maybe it's sort of giving in to the system. But then, but then I'm kind of confused where the viewpoint of this song goes, because if it's that, that's not the politician that's making you a deal at the beginning of the song. So he says, I'll make you a deal at the beginning. Offers the boys where to get it if they want it. And so that's, that's clear, clearly got to be the uh, politician too. And then there's, but then it's after that point in the last half of the song where it just becomes more manic and desperate where it's not really clear what's, like who's, who's supposed to be telling this part of the story. Is this still the politician? It does feel like it comes from multiple points of view and it's hard to keep track of. I feel like he's kind of breaking what? up here. Yeah. So he's, maybe he's the politician and also the victim yeah. slash citizen. <laughs> he's just seeing it through all the eyes. Yeah. But I, so I was just trying to pull back up. I feel like I was reading on the, uh, on the wiki for Diamond Dogs that this is one of his first times playing around with Cut Up. Which yeah, right. totally makes sense when you look at the lyrics because it, it does follow the central theme. But like you really are all over the place as to who's saying what and what's happening to whom. and Yeah. It's all one person experiencing a variety of feelings. Or is it a variety of people mixed up into one yeah. narrative? Yes. Yes to everything. Yes, it is. Um, what else can we say about Candidate? This was one of the last songs recorded for uh, Diamond Dogs, which makes sense because it's meant to, it sort of is part of that suite. So that, and that was kind of the last thing to get thrown in. This should probably be one song, all one song, because when it's performed live on the live albums, it's all 
one eight minute song yeah instead of splitting it up it's just on the album that it's split up it's kind of hard to separate this song from the rest of the suite yeah um but we'll do it anyway we because do it anyway because the edict of this show is to obsessively categorize things yes and and put them into pigeonholes specifically fitting the alphabet and this this is a song with a title therefore it goes in the c's so uh yeah that's gonna wrap it up probably for yeah. um candidate what about uh, ratings ratings um i will um i'll give this song three uh what do we want to rate this with i will give this song three paper mache bulletproof faces which I guess, out of context, Char- would make it so that, yeah. Charlie Manson. Charlie Manson. Cassius Clay. Cassius Clay. And? Oh, there's, he only mentions two of them, but oh well. Uh, the, third the third one, one? third one will be, uh, this is what, 74? Yeah. Uh, oh man, who else was famous in 74? Nixon? <laughs> Richard Nixon. Richard Nixon. Richard Milhouse Nixon. All right. I'd give it four. I actually uh, really like this song. Four. Paper mache bulletproof faces. Let's see, you've gotten the uh, you got the first two. Um, I am not going to be able to come up with four more. Uh, I'll see your Richard Nixon. Okay. And I'll raise you one. Um, you know, it's hard. I wasn't around in 1974. Yeah. I don't have any memory of it. Which, as they say, if you have any memory of 1974, you, you were, were really there. Uh, yeah, four paper mache, um, papier mache, bulletproof faces. I really like this song. Yeah, all right, that's gonna do it for candidate. Yeah. Um, should we say anything about the voting this on this so, episode, or should we wait for the next one? Save for the next episode. Save for the next. So that's gonna wind down our ta- our look at this particular candidate, but in the in the interest of being fair and balanced, and not just throwing all of our weight behind this one candidate, we in this next episode, are going to discuss the other candidate. Candidate one, or candidate parentheses alternative, our other candidate. There's another, there's <laughs> another candidate. Yeah. Um, so in our next episode, we are this going... Is not, this is not a uh, dictatorship. This is not a dictatorship. We it's not a mo- monarchy. In free and open democracy. Yes. Um, so we're going to see what our next candidate brings to the table. All right. Looking forward to it. Yes. Um, until Wednesday, you can uh, follow us on Facebook and on Twitter, From A to Ziggy. From A to Ziggy.com. Shoot us an email, podcast at From A to Ziggy.com. Leave us a review and a rating on iTunes. Subscribe on iTunes. You can also find us on Stitcher. And uh, until Wednesday... My name is Thomas. My name is Travis. If you want it, boy, get it here.